Welcome to The Sport Psychologist. Today we talk to Dr. Hannah McCormick. She's the campaign manager for Tackle Your Feelings, a well-being initiative from Rugby Players Ireland, which, by the way, has a really useful app to help you monitor your own feelings and emotions. Just search for Tackle Your Feelings. Today, though, Hannah explains how to add positive thoughts to your day, which has been proven to help mindset and performance, and discusses some of the psychological challenges rugby players are currently dealing with. You're really going to get a lot from this one. Hannah, you're unusual in that you're a fully qualified sports psychologist and you have a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that is unusual. Um, I am the campaign manager for Tackle Your Feelings, which is a positive mental well-being campaign. Um, I work for Rugby Players Ireland, so they're the representative body for all professional rugby players around the country and um, we have the campaign which is sponsored by Zurich Insurance and the Z Zurich Foundation and like I said it's a it's a positive mental well-being campaign for for everybody for um, sports people and non-sports people alike and we want to encourage people to be proactive when it comes to their mental health. Did you expect that this would be the route you would have gone down when you began studying way back Absolutely when? Absolutely not. <laughs> this is nowhere near where I, I kind of thought I would be. And in fact, even when I was finishing up my PhD, if you'd asked me um, what I was going to be doing in a year and a year and a half's time, I wouldn't have been able to say that this is what I was going to be doing. Um, I was always interested in sports psychology um, or I was always interested, I'll put that another way, I was always interested in psychology and I was always interested in sport. And then when I realised that you could combine the two, I was like, well, that's amazing. Um, but I think what actually happened was, while I was doing, I went down the route of uh, sports science and then I did a master's in sports psychology and continued on to do my PhD. And it was kind of around, I suppose, the master's stage and kind of before I started my PhD, I realised that I was really interested in the athlete as a person, not necessarily just a performer. So um, that's kind of, I suppose, why I got into the kind of the well-being side and the promotion of positive mental health and positive mental well-being, and knowing that sport is a great vehicle to improve your mental health and well-being. But it can obviously have, in some rare cases, uh, sometimes it can, you know, negatively affect your mental health and well-being as well. Or just because you play sport, it doesn't protect you from. Um, mental health issues or anything like that um, so I always find that really interesting and I really liked the idea of positive psychology and kind of being the best version of yourself and there is obviously that that theory and it's been proven that a lot of people get into psychology to improve themselves and I suppose that's um, probably where I found it uh, useful as well and interesting is that it resonated a lot with me like the whole kind of wanting to be a better version of you and kind of wanting to live your best life and life shouldn't be a struggle and there's there are kind of practices that you can um habitualize that will bring you to that point like and it's always a work in process progress like that's the main thing um I think sport or kind of positive mental health or um positive well-being it's like a skill like any other sporting skill um we'll have people who are automatically or innately better at something but through kind of practice you can build, build yourself yourself up to become better um, and I think that's something that people almost don't always get especially with sports psychology because sometimes the people who have 
if you look at kind of like the the ability to visualize or the ability to uh, engage in mental practice or the ability to have um positive uh self-talk can become can be quite natural and when we look at people we don't necessarily realize that it's either a natural thing or something that they innately practice and the analogy i like to use is like the fastest person on the team still does sprint drills you know um and that's the way i like to kind of approach you know positive mental health and positive mental well-being is that you can be just because you're you're doing okay and you're feeling happy or whatever doesn't mean that you won't benefit from uh, practicing these kind of uh, like I said these habitual things of whether it's gratitude or positive affirmations or just kind of looking towards your support network or just being you know engaging in self-compassion and self-care. Is that though well I find and I don't know if you find mm. the same hurdle we'll use that as a phrase a bit of a hard sell when you're going into in your case here about the players Ireland or me if I'm talking to a team or an athlete and I'm saying yeah you know a bit of gratitude a bit of positive thought helps your performance they just think airy fairy can't be measured I'd rather spend my money on it yeah you know what I mean how is is, is I think it's one of those things that it's changing because more people are kind of coming out and talking about it like if you go back 15 20 years and you said uh, you went approached the team and said we need to work our, I'm a sports psychologist and I want to bring kind of the mental side of of the game to you and help you improve it everyone would be like no what are you talking about sure I wouldn't need one of them um, and I think that kind of same attitude uh, is definitely present and it is it's it's like anything if there's no tangible result it's very hard to sell it but I think what you kind of have to do is um <laughs> you have to practice what you preach and the more you believe in something yourself the the kind of better you can um I suppose sell it and there is research that has come out um saying that you know practicing gratitude can improve your your perceptions or feelings of happiness um and if that is something that you want to achieve then why would you not kind of engage in it you know the impact on our of COVID and the restrictions and the lockdown um, on mental health is probably going to peak later and last longer than the actual kind of um, physical health um, issues that come along with what's happening now. And that's because, like, you know, people are isolated. They're not being able to interact with other people. They aren't able to engage in a lot of activities that normally bring them kind of life satisfaction. So I'm not even going to say happiness because I think sometimes people are like, well, you can't be happy all the time or there's this pressure to be happy all the time but being like if you look into positive psychology um or if you look at kind of like mental health and well-being it's not about being positive and being happy all the time it's about just kind of being aware of yourself and the different range of emotions which are very important to experience all the time um but the problem is that at the moment we're probably experiencing a few more of the negative experiences a lot more than usual so we're a bit lonely at the moment we haven't been able to see our friends um you know talking to someone over skype or talking to someone over zoom or having a conversation on the phone is good but it's like that physical physical interaction being able to kind of bounce off people's um you know personalities or even just kind of read different body language like that whole kind of you know literally that physical touch and the endorphins that can be released by like just hanging out with someone or or giving someone a hug, um, friends and family alike, um, we're missing out on that. So we're kind of we're we're definitely going to be experiencing a few more lows at the moment. Then the the kind of uncertainty and the anxiety and the stress that comes along with that, 
um, it can be very hard to deal with. But I suppose what you can do then in that case is the airy fairy thing of like, you know, practice your gratitude. One is the when we are in those situations where we're we're lacking a lot of the kind of usual routines or a lot of the kind of um or the stress and anxiety and the, the worries about what if, what if this is going to happen? What if someone gets sick? What if, or I can't see my friends and family at the moment, therefore I don't have them in my life right now. But it's like, so rather than looking at the things that um, you don't have, look look and appreciate the things you do have. And I don't know, I think everyone in the world has watched the uh, Michael Jordan documentary lately. And he says a line and he goes, why would I worry about the shots that I might miss or the shots that I haven't taken yet? Um, and I think that's something that we can all kind of take on is like, it's not a case of don't worry about it or try and push it out of your head. It's just kind of instead of focusing on the things that we don't have, if we focus on the things that we do have. So, you know, we have the capability to reach out to people. We can talk to people. We can um you know, whether it is Skype or Zoom. And, and no, it's not the same. And I think if we lower our expectations that it isn't the same at the, at the moment, like the, the new normal isn't what we are used to. So um, we can lower our expectations ever so slightly and say, um, I'm going to call my mum instead of calling round to her for tea. I will call her and have a chat and see how she's getting on. We, you and I, we were saying this earlier, we are, we are healthy at the moment. We have... Um, we have good things going on in our lives, whether it's the fact that I was able to have a cup of coffee this morning because I live somewhere where there's electricity or I'm able to do this podcast with you today because my Wi-Fi connection is good. Those are things that I can be thankful for um, and grateful for. And it's been proven that that can boost your your kind of feelings of happiness and satisfaction. And, and it allows you to kind of take your mind off the the kind of things that you can't control, the worries and the what ifs. Um, I've seen a great, again, not necessarily scientifically backed or anything like that, but I've seen a great, um, as a poster or a, an, a social media post, to be honest. And it was like, are you worried about something? And, you know, you have your kind of a flow chart of yes or no. And it's like, can you do about, can you do something about it? And again, it was like, yes or no. And both options turn to, well, then don't worry about it. If you can do something about it, do that thing. And then you know, hopefully stop worrying about it. If you can't do anything about it, if it's out of your control, then try and realize that you can't do anything about it and not in a helpless way, but more so that, again, lowering that expectation on yourself to be able to do something about it and then you can stop worrying about it as well. That concept in itself, and I think it's something as we all get a bit older and a bit more experienced in the world, we mm. realise we have to try and learn that because otherwise you end up collecting a whole pile of rage and begrudgeries and things inside your soul that will end up making you very bitter unless you do end up dealing with it, especially mm. if you're involved in any kind of sport as well. But at the same time, it's a hard thing to learn, isn't it? If oh, something absolutely. is niggling at you or if it's a situation that you can't control. It is something that you have to practice just like a sports skill, just like anything else that you try to do. Like the first time, first time for many of us, if we are told to solo a ball, we won't do very well. But through continued purposeful practice, we will get the hang of it. And we may not become the best soloer in the world, but we can become proficient at it. Uh, same with free kicks, same with tackling, same with any kind of skill that you're trying to learn. The first time you do it, you may once or twice freakishly just be able to do it, no bother. 
but we all know that there are processes that you have to go through in order to become proficient and that's why that's what we try to encourage with happier feelings is that these are these are skills that you can practice and you can become better at it it and again it's like allowing yourself to lower your expectations on yourself you don't have to be this perfect person but if you allow yourself to make the mistakes if you allow yourself to struggle a little bit um take that expectation off and just keep practicing and allow yourself to learn from you know if you make a mistake um don't beat yourself up about it just kind of go well I'll, I'll try again tomorrow so if you're having this thought or this worry of like I can't do anything about this that's obviously I must be useless and it's like well no I understand you can always it's almost like you what I've said to people before is you almost have to have a conversation with yourself as if you're talking to your best friend if your best friend came up to you and said Amora Chas I'm, I'm really worried about this thing and do you know what I'm just absolutely useless and there's no point you wouldn't say do you know what you're right you should just quit just you know <laughs> don't know why you're here just get away from me but you would never talk to your best friend like that or you wouldn't even talk to someone who you are giving you know sports psychology support to you wouldn't talk to someone like that but so why do we talk to ourselves like that why do we allow ourselves to have that voice that internal voice that says that we're useless and that you know we should quit or that we're not good enough um and do not get me wrong I am saying this from the point of view of I have to keep saying to myself Hannah are you, are you listening to the voice that you're using for yourself would you say this to someone else would you talk to yourself in that kind of same disparaging way and I'm not saying that you have to turn around and be like I am the best and I'm the greatest and I don't need to put effort into anything it's it's definitely with everything in terms of like positive mental health and positive psychology it's it's all about that balance um, we're we're brought up in a society in Ireland where we've been taught to be very modest. Um, if someone asks, if someone congratulates you on something, you you almost have to downplay it. You're not allowed to say, "Yeah, I actually worked really hard for that." You have to go, "Ah, sure, no, look, wasn't it? Wasn't it because someone else didn't do as well?" Or, you know, um, it, we we aren't as good at practicing the kind of like, "No, I I worked, I put the effort in, and I can take ownership over that effort." And I can be proud of myself for doing that. But there's a difference between doing that and then like, you know, renting out a billboard that says I'm the best person in the world. And if you don't have the ability to do it on your own, that's when we would say, well, look, maybe there there are people out there who can help you through those moments. So like if you are really struggling, like turning to someone in your support network, who you know, will be literally supportive or turning to the different resources that are out there. Um, like there are so many counselling services, there are text services that you can just like talk to someone. You don't have to, you know, make an appointment or make it an official thing or um, like we we shouldn't. Again, it's like that's what I mean by it's all about balance, because there's so much we can do on our own, but there shouldn't be the expectation that we can do it all by ourselves either. That's um, a very good point. I think that sometimes is forgotten that, you know, you don't have to go on a big official. I'm going into counselling. Sometimes it could just be being proactive and finding the right websites to give you the nudge that you need. But I'd imagine you yourself mm. will focus a bit on rugby because obviously that's what you're involved in at the moment. It's Rugby Players Ireland obviously you know mm -hmm. athletes are the same as us but they're also different in that like they're very focused very driven yeah. they tend to be much better physical shape than us and um but at the same time 
that can create a bit of a veneer of mm. that they don't want to show any vulnerability. And again, I might be dipping a little bit into stereotype, but I think we do know that rugby players in particular, because it's seen as such mm. a strong sport, physically strong, that it can be very difficult to let that guard down to say, I'm not sure things are going well for me because there's yeah. fear of the coach mightn't take well to this. I could lose my spot in the team. And then obviously with rugby as well, I know it's an amateur sport, but it's also mm-hmm. professional. Financial yeah, and I think well. like that's, that's the biggest thing. And like you said, it's it's the same with a lot of athletes. Of like we, we have a tendency to put people up on pedestals and we kind of hold them in this kind of level of regard that they... They are big and strong and more capable of um, handling things, whether it's metaphorically or literally. And it's exactly like you said, um, athletes at the moment and rugby players especially, um, you think about it, if you want to talk about returning to play in a socially distanced way, you know, there's a lot more to take into consideration on a rugby team than potentially some other non-contact sports. Now, like, I don't, I don't know what way it's going to go. Um, I don't, I can't really answer those kind of questions, but I know that there are worries that um, the players have, which rugby players are, and they're working very hard towards kind of um, supporting people through that. Um, like, there are, there is a potential that some players won't be able to return to play um, or won't be coming back out of this, whether it's that this was an enforced early retirement or um, maybe there are further health complications that they, they don't want to put themselves or others at risk at. And there are things that, you know, if you look at it from, if you translate that back to to the workplace, because at the end of the day, these athletes, especially the professional ones, are being paid. This is their job to to do this, to turn up to training. That's their office. Uh, playing the matches at the weekend you could in in some very tenuous way I'm not saying it's a direct link but like compare it to a large presentation that you might have to give to the whole the whole office team or whatever um there will be people who will have higher a higher level of worry or a higher level of risk of going back into an office going back into a confined space than others there are people whose jobs have been lost um, in over the past couple of months because the industry that they are working in hasn't been able to operate. Um, so the stresses that our rugby players are facing are very, very similar to the stresses and worries that uh, the normal population are are um, facing as well. Like we do forget that these are these are people too. They are human at the end of the day. Um, not only. Do they have a job that they're worrying about? But they have family who they might be worrying about. They have, they haven't been able to, able to see their friends. They haven't been able to see their families. They've, in some cases, they might be on the other side of the world, whether it's on the other side of the world to their family, or they've returned home during this time, so they're the, on the other side of the world to the rest of their teammates. So there's a lot of things that I know that um, our rugby players are doing that we would encourage other people to do. Like so, staying connected with teammates, staying connected with friends. Um, sharing experiences um, and like even the mundane experiences of like again we were talking about it earlier of I've baked this thing look at what I've baked or oh do you have the recipe for that can I can you share it so that I can try and (laughs) replicate it here or you know like um, obviously from a sporting perspective like connecting over the training that you're doing even though you're doing it at home you can you know dial into a zoom um, and do like an online exercise class or a group exercise 
um, or do group exercise via Zoom. And it's, yes, it's not the same as having that physical connection, but it's still a level of connection that you can maintain. It's it's a level of support. It and like I said, it doesn't have to be this official. This is my counselling session. This can actually just be like I know that talking to my friends makes me feel happy. Um, so therefore, I'm going to consciously make the effort to talk to my friends more. Finally, uh, to wrap things up, I think what's unique about your position and the work you do at Rugby Players Ireland is that, yes, you're in there to try and implement well-being and positive strategies for players that come in under that umbrella. But what's unique about you is that you're also releasing work that normal people like me can access if I wanted to. Like there's apps we can download. And what you're doing is maybe creating that bridge that shows athletes and normal people too, and they're wired the same way we are the same our minds work the same way yeah. so as a as a normal person i use that in, in quotation marks that i can learn from athletes they can learn from me but it's all the same tools absolutely everybody can benefit from proactively working on their mental well-being and everybody can improve so even if you're like but i'm feeling kind of happy now or you know i don't have depression i don't have anxiety and it's like we you don't need to to be proactive when it comes to your mental health it's the same as your physical health like we all go out and have take a walk or do an exercise class and it's not because we have cardiovascular issues and we're, we we but we want to prevent the the kind of chances of that happening in the future so it's kind of like if you are proactive with your mental health and well-being you can build yourself up to be kind of be the best version of yourself or be a, a happier version of yourself and that is not a bad idea for anyone.